Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the beat writer for Wyoming Athletics at the Casper Star Tribune. You can check out all of my coverage of all things Cowboys and Cowgirls at trib.com and follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. Let me introduce uh, our guest today, a guy I've known since freshman orientation, I guess, at Wyoming many moons ago. Uh, Rob Jarosh worked with me at the Star Tribune in the 90s during my first tour and then wisely got out of journalism and into law. So Rob is a, uh, a, a high-level high attorney in Cheyenne, and, and I roped him in to help me out at the border war last Saturday night um, with some post-game stuff so I could get out of there quicker. And it was also just fun to, to, to be with Rob to watch that game because we've seen a lot of border wars and uh, it's always a great weekend. Rob, first of all, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me, Ryan. Uh, I, I certainly didn't expect the night to uh, essentially end with a Jaden Clemens to Alex Brown touchdown pass to win the border war. Um, thanks for having me at the game. That was a blast. I didn't, I didn't think they were going to pull it out, but they did. What a win. Yeah, Colorado State really showed up for this game, which, I mean, you have to credit Jay Norvell. They're having a tough year one there. They've lost a lot of players to the portal, you know, bringing all the Nevada guys in didn't necessarily work out right away. Although I think Kel Millen is going to be a good quarterback as long as he stays at Colorado State and keeps developing. But they've had a rough year, but they showed up. I mean, uh, Horton is, was the best player on the field and also their worst enemy at times, obviously. But he really set the tone with that pump return. And I think that gave them hope and that allowed them to have their game plan. Okay, we have the lead. We know Wyoming's going to run the ball. And they really, they had a great plan. And I think they were going to win um, without Jaden Clemens heroics. We, but we can talk about that later. But it just felt like Colorado State's night for much of that night. Well, I mean, there's no doubt that Torrey Horton was the best player on the field. Um, that The eye test made that pretty obvious, that 75-yard punt return. I mean, Norvell knows what he's doing, and he, and he knew what he was doing when he convinced uh, Horton to come with him from Nevada. Um, but, you know, a couple, of, a couple of big plays that went against Horton um, were kind of the difference. Of course, he had that um, near uh, miraculous touchdown at the end of the first half, tracked down at the three-yard line and knocked out of bounds to save a touchdown. And then um, the, the muffed putt, uh, punt that, that Miles Williams recovered and, and put Wyoming in amazing field position to set up that uh, touchdown pass to Alex Brown. So he, he was there. He was their best player, and they're not in that game without him. But at the same time, he made uh, he made one really, really critical mistake there in the fourth that, that cost his team. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's been a trend for Wyoming. I think they were down 14-0 at New Mexico, 10-0 at Hawaii, 10-0 at Colorado State. I, I guess they have that re- resiliency in their back pocket, though, especially against teams that, you know, are not great on offense where there's no panic. And they're gonna they're gonna come back, but this time it was without Andrew Peasley, who, you know, was that first quarter, early second quarter. He kind of trips in the backfield, you know, is sacked, and a Colorado State player just spears him right in the head. There is a flag thrown, but they pick it up and say no harm, no foul, even though there's obviously great harm for Peasley. 
so Colorado State knocks Peasley out of the game, and in comes Jaden Clemens, you know, a guy who, you know, threw one nice dime against Tulsa when, when Peasley had to go out for one play. But really, you know, as a guy who was not recruited by any major colleges coming out of high school in Utah, even though he had a prolific high school career, goes to Utah as a walk-on. They try to move him to safety. He's like, no thanks. Transfers to Wyoming, starts at the bottom of the depth chart, running the scout team last year. Oh, by the way, Peasley's hurt, and we're losing this border war, and you need to go in and save us. Amazing that he was ready to do that. Well, it, it was. and. What's interesting is, you know, the fans are tough on Peasley, and, and I get it. I mean, his, you know, his completion percentage is in the low 50s, and um, it looks like, you know, sometimes he has some difficulty making a second and third reads. But really all we'd seen from Clemens was that one back shoulder pass, and it was a great pass, um, in Laramie a few weeks ago, and we, we didn't really know what to expect from him. I had no idea, first of all, that he was as fast as he is. Um, that touchdown run when he, um, you know, went around uh, the outside and sprinted into the end zone um, showed me that he's got, you know, I don't know who would win a foot race between him and Peasley, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that they can both run. But then Clemens added that passing element. I know it's just one game, but seven for 11, um, you know, that's a, I don't know what that is, a 69, 68% completion percentage. It definitely... Um, it definitely provided a spark and you could see it. You could see the team react to him after he ran that touchdown pass in um, pretty confidently threw the ball down on the ground and stuck out his chest. And I, I mean, the, I think the team liked it. I, they did. He seemed, uh, you know, sort of quietly confident, um, but we didn't know what to expect. And we saw, I, I didn't expect to see what we saw. That's for sure. I, I hope that he would provide a spark. But but um, if what he did against CSU is any sign of what he's capable of doing down the road, he's got big things in store. Yeah, I mean, his touchdown run was huge because Wyoming just had not done anything. And then obviously, you know, they had a chance to actually tie the score and Hoyland misses a field goal. But just to be that close when you were getting dominated like that, that first touchdown was huge just to get something going. Obviously, you know, Colorado State's up 13-7. That feels, I wouldn't say insurmountable, but certainly a lot larger lead than 13-7. And then Horton muffs the punt. You know, I talked to Tim Polisek, the offensive coordinator today, and he he basically said their mindset was, this is our chance to maybe win the game. And we've been given this chance. So where you might see Wyoming normally get somewhat conservative because they know they've got three points if Hoyland's in Hoyland range, which they were already in Hoyland range. But the fact that Hoyland missed just the way the game was going, I think their mindset was they've just given us a chance to steal this border war. So on second and nine, they dial up Clemens in single coverage to Alex Brown. I'm sure it was single coverage because they're like, who's this guy? And they delivered, you know, the 32 yard touchdown that proves to be the game winner. Really uh, two guys that probably weren't even, planning to be any part of this game are the heroes in that moment. You know, the, the thing about Alex Brown is that I don't think most Wyoming fans, all respect to him, I don't think they had any idea who he was. I mean, even in the press box, um, after that catch, everyone in the press box, at least all the Wyoming reporters, thought it was Cobbs. Uh, and, you I know, tweeted Cobbs that it was Cobbs. And, and Brown was nine. Yeah, yeah. I tweet- 
And I'm like, Josh Cobb's touchdown. I'm like, who else would it be? Of course. Right. And we were all talking about that. You know, we got to get him the ball more. And then we look up and we see the replay and it's a nine instead of an eight. And I'll, I'll admit to you, I had to look down at my numerical roster to see who number nine was. And again, that's Alex Brown looks like he's got some real skill and some real talent and he needs to be utilized more. But up until that point in time, uh, I don't think most of us knew who he was. So that, that was pretty neat. But I'll tell you, that touchdown at the end of the first half, I kept thinking to myself, and I don't know if it looked like this on TV, but in person it did. If we score a touchdown here, I can't believe we're only going to be down 10-7 going to the half because uh, the way that the first half went, um, it could have been 24 nothing. Uh, but, but 10, seven, um, because of that drive by Clemens and that touchdown run, that was a huge momentum swing. Colorado state gets the momentum back. They had the 13, seven lead. They hold us, uh, the punt and then the muff. And then, like you said, all of a sudden, just like that, it's 14, 13. That was, that was a memorable one. That's for sure. Yeah. I asked Craig Bull about Alex Brown today because, you know, he's a guy you see him in spring football and you're like, who is that guy? You know, and Craig basically said, guys like he who shall not be named, he won't say his name, but he's referring to Isaiah Nayor, you know, simply we're better, obviously, in practice and more productive in games. And Isaiah had a great year last year. Um, But when he's transferring to Texas, you're hoping a a guy like Alex takes the reins and he, he was given some opportunities before, but he's had some drops. And for whatever reason, it just wasn't working out. And he rose to the occasion here. I'm just wondering, you know, and I asked him about this after the game, if, you know, can this be a game changer for you confidence wise? And just, you know, now that you've done it, why not do it again? I think that'll be interesting to see going forward. Can he be, you know, out there with Cobbs and Wheeland and contributing on a regular basis and, and, Maybe, you know, if Clemens is the starter this week, maybe there's there's something special um, that he can do over the course of an entire game. We'll have to see. That's that's interesting because you think about that Clemens and Brown um, probably practicing together and probably uh, hooking up for big catches and touchdowns in practice. And so, I mean, you see it all the time, a new quarterback with a wide receiver and they develop that that chemistry and that relationship we saw it with Cooper cup right in the NFL where, I mean, Cooper cup was a great wide receiver, um, but not until he developed that relationship with Matt Stafford did all of a sudden he become one of the best receivers in, in, in the pros. And that's because as we later learned, they have breakfast every morning and they're, you know, they're best friends. It's the Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. And I'm not saying Clemens and Alex Brown or any of those people, but maybe they have a chemistry and a relationship because they've been backups together all season long. That would, that would lead to more production from Alex Brown. If Jaden Clemens is the quarterback. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, because, you know, I, I led the, the story with it is getting into that post-game press conference room and, and hearing Clemens break down when asked about Alex Brown. I mean, he just lost it emotionally in a good way. And, you know, he's saying these are the only guys that have ever believed in me and this team is so close. And he's just, his emotions are literally streaming down his cheeks. It was a, it was an amazing post-game interview. And I just, you know, as someone who's, you know, just not covering the team on a daily basis and gets to come walk into that, how would you describe that moment? 
I mean, the guy instantly became my favorite player on the team because that emotion was so raw and so real. And, you know, at first he was starting to tear up a little bit, but I couldn't really tell that that's what was happening. I couldn't tell if he was just, uh, you know, I knew it was probably his first press conference, right? Uh, he, he hasn't been in front of the Wyoming media in a situation like that. So I thought, you know, maybe he's, he's having a, a little bit of trouble figuring out the words that he wants to use. But then I think um, it was Cody Tucker that asked him, you know, and Cody was sitting closer to him. And I think he could probably see that he was tearing up. And he said, why are you so emotional? And then Clemens just, you know, lost it. And it was so powerful um, to see a kid care that much. And I, I mean, how many times does a kid get his opportunity? It doesn't go that way. Right. A lot of kids never get the chance or then they get the chance and it, and it doesn't go that way. And so f- for him to accomplish what he did um, and then the way that he handled it afterwards and the emotion that he talked with, it, it was interesting when you think about, because I think Alex Brown and Jaden Clemens were both pretty emotional, but the way that they handled it was so different in the press room. Um, Clemens emotions just poured out and it was really cool to see. And then on the other hand, Alex Brown, although you could tell he was emotional, he was still very composed. Um, and you could tell when both of them talked that they have that bond. And that's that's what I mean. I mean, I'm excited to see what they may be able to do together. If We don't know if Clemens is going to be the starter on Saturday against Boise or not. But but that could be, uh, that could be a formidable um, duo there for the next couple of weeks if they both play. Yeah, those kind of things are what makes football in general. You know, we saw with Derek Carr the other day with the Raiders. But college football in specifically so special. And, you know, Craig Bull, I was kind of asking him about that today, about, you know, after the Tulsa game, Craig Bull got choked up when asked about Andrew Peasley, who obviously got dirt poured on him after the Illinois game the week before. And Bull's getting choked up talking about Peasley and, you know, how he doesn't have any NIL money and he's just a college football player and, you know, he's working his ass off and now he has to get off Twitter and, you know, he, so bowl got emotional. Uh, we saw Peasley after the BYU game. The question was, what does it mean to you that this offensive line and these guys are playing so hard for you? And he lost it. Then you have Clemens lose it the other night. And I was just talking to Tim Polasek in a one-on-one setting in a team room days after the game and asked him about Clemens and he was getting choked up. So it's one of those intangible things, like Craig said today, it's organic. If he could bottle it up, every team he's ever coached would have great team chemistry. It's just one of those things that just happens, though. Last year, obviously, they did not have it. This year, they have it all over the place, and that's why they're 7-3 and three and 5-1 and one the Mountain West. It's, it's intangible locker room stuff. Well, and you have to credit, I do think you have to credit Craig Bull um, some. I, I, of course, I don't know. I wasn't in the locker room. I don't know the dynamics uh, in terms of what happened last year compared to what happened this year. But there, he has to be doing something different, right? He has to have learned something from what happened last year because the, se- the team was so talented and seemed to be in, in some disarray. And... Um, whether it, whether it be a purposeful new approach, um, whether it be something that he and the coaching staff worked on together, obviously you got to give the players credit for it too. A lot of young players, but, but something changed with Craig Bull, I believe um, to allow 
this uh, sort of brotherhood to to uh, blossom like it has because you can see it and you and and listening to the players and watching the players on the field yeah was was it a brotherhood last year yes it always is football's that that sport that's unique in that way but there's just something different about this team what are they the third youngest fourth youngest in the country and um i i read that this is the first wyoming three game road winning streak since 1999 back in the dana dimmel days that's really saying something winning at home is one thing winning three in a row on the road with this young of a team that that's saying something else yeah and like i mentioned they were down double digits in all those games um you know before i get you out of here speaking of that i i don't think you want to dig a double digit hole against Boise State. Uh, you know, I know Andy Avalos from covering Oregon. He was the defensive coordinator uh, in 19 when they went to the Rose Bowl and beat Wisconsin and had a had a outside shot at the playoff before they lost Arizona State. But, you know, Andy is a great, young, talented coach. And this team looked like they were done after losing to UTEP. And Credit to him. I mean, he fires his offensive coordinator, which triggers Hank Bachmeyer, a four-year starter, to go into the portal and talks Dirk Cutter into coming out of retirement. Um, ever since that moment, you know, they throw Talon Green in there, who Craig Bull is comparing to Josh Allen today because he's 6'6", and can flick his wrist for 65 yards and can run. And then you have, you know, George Halani, their running back is a stud and their defense is probably the best in the Mount West. Uh, This, I would not put anything past Wyoming, but this is their toughest challenge of the entire year, maybe even more so than going to Illinois. You wish we could have caught Boise State earlier in the year um, because they looked beatable. And and I remember talking to you about it. and, And after that UTEP game, um, thinking this is a beatable Boise team. This is the most beatable Boise team that we've seen in a long time. But I think you're right. You have to look at Boise before Bachmeyer leaves and after. And they're a completely different team after that UTEP loss. Um, yeah, they lost to, to BYU, um, but but handled San Diego State and Fresno State and Nevada easily, um, beat a good Air Force team, and they're just different. And the other thing about Boise you talk about us being young. Um, they, they're the opposite, right? I think they start seven or eight guy seniors on both sides of the ball. So 14 or 15 starting seniors, their offensive line, I think four of their offensive linemen are seniors and one's a red shirt junior. You don't want to fall behind to that team um, because they're going to be tough. They're just going to run the ball down your throat. If they get a 14 or 17 point lead with that offensive line with Taylor green, um, being able to run and throw. Uh, I think he's got six touchdowns running the ball this year. Um, and then they have a couple of other running backs that are both uh, 50, 60, 70 yards a game. Uh, you, you know, it's just different, right? So CSU, even with a lead, couldn't just run the ball um, and run us to death like Boise State would be able to. So if we fall way behind in that game against a senior-laden team, um, that's going to be tough. They're, they're a good team. Yeah, absolutely they are. And, you know, I think what Wyoming has going for them besides, you know, playing this game at home and and the chemistry that we've been talking about is, you know, I mean, they dropped like flies in the border where it was a brutal game. Um, But you have now that excuse of, we don't know if Peasley's coming back. 
Um, you know, Craig's playing it very close to the vest. It could be Peasley. It could be Clemens. We'll see how it goes. You know, I talked to Jordan Bertinoli today and, and, you know, he's going to give it a go. I think he, he took a nasty uh, cut block from Colorado state and <laughs> tried to get his tape off and get back in uh, the other night, but he, he really couldn't walk. But, you know, I think with treatment, he, he's going to try to give it a go. Uh, you don't know about Cam Stone, but they don't have a Khalil Shakir either. So, you know, if, if Deron Harrell can keep playing well and, and Ja'Cory Hawkins, you know, maybe you can do some things there. I just think Wyoming, their 1-0 mentality, as cliche as that is, has worked. And I, I don't think they're thinking about a Mountain West championship. But they're thinking, how can we upset Boise State this week at home uh, and make it a, a, a special home finale? And I think, you know, it's going to take a lot, and it would be a major upset. They're two touchdown underdogs, but I wouldn't put it past this team. You know, I think Craig said at the end of his press conference, it's a special team, and, you know, maybe we can have a special night on Saturday. Well, we need the fans, definitely, because, you you know, Taylor Green, for for everything that he seems to have going for him in a bright future, and like you said, he's, the, he's 6'6", 220, he's a dual-threat option. He's played two road games in his college career, um, one at Air Force and one at Nevada, and neither of those environments is anything like Laramie can be if you get 20, 25, 27,000 fans in the stands for a Saturday night game. So, um, you know, pack the stands and especially try to get out to a lead, force Taylor Green into having to throw the ball. They don't have uh, – they don't have a, a an all conference wide receiver on their team, at least not that I'm aware of, not right now. Um, that they, they, I think, Taylor Green throws for 150 or 160 yards a game, and he certainly has some talented wide receivers, but nothing like what we saw in Fort Collins. Um, and so that's that could be the difference, right? Uh, this Wyoming team playing against a senior heavy Boise State team with a junior, a senior quarterback who's been playing for three years and is a, you know, throws for 300 yards a game. That's even a taller task, but this, even though they're hot since Bachmeyer left, this Boise state team is still one that, I mean, I think we can beat. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really like Andrew Peasley. I think he's a great dude and he's, he's been the leader or a leader on this team. So he deserves all the credit, but I'm just wondering is Clemens more dangerous against Boise state because it's a small sample size, but it looks like he can make tight window throws and sling it with more of a confidence than I've seen from Peasley lately. Yeah. I think they both have arm strength. They can both run the ball, but it, at least the small sample size that we have, it seems like Clemens is a more accurate thrower. Um, and, and on a cold night in Laramie, uh, probably some wind, um, that could make all the difference to have uh, someone like him who has maybe um, a, a little bit better mechanics and is a little bit better passer. But you know what? If it's if it's Peasley, uh, this team can still beat Boise. Uh, we've seen Peasley rise to the occasion in the past. We know what we get out of him. Um, we know that we're going to need to run the ball and control time of possession against Boise, regardless of who the quarterback is. But I think you're right. There is a certain unknown about Clemens. And you know what? It also goes to the fact that he's unknown to Boise too, right? The game tape that they have on uh, Jaden Clemens is two and a half quarters plus one pass. And so 
definitely more difficult for Boise to game plan for Clemens, but you know, don't turn the ball over, control time of possession, run the ball, get DQ James more involved. Uh, only had six rushes against CSU. And and it may not matter who the quarterback is, but they got to play clean, right? You can't turn the ball over. Um, and then they got a shot. Yeah. In, in 2016, I was covering a very bad Oregon team, one of their only bad teams they've had in the last 30 years. You were probably, you know, in the stands, watching what happened in 2016 when no one knew who Josh Allen was until, you know, maybe that Northern Illinois game, certainly by the Boise game. Uh, Obviously Peasley and Clemens are not Josh Allen, but this team, does it have a similar feel and could Wyoming, you know, do something like get a, a safety dance or something this year, like they had six years ago. Does it feel similar this season's? It feels magical in the sense that after the Illinois game, I thought we'd win two games, maybe three. And 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 I and I'll admit it. And you know, I know Bowl's been on some of the fans for for that reaction to the, the Illinois game, but that was ugly. There's just there's no way to sugarcoat how they played against Illinois. And something's changed. I I don't know what it is. Something's changed. Um, the come from behind victories. I mean, you can look at it both ways, right? I think. Um, Eason Gibbs said in the in the post game, we can't keep falling behind like that. And I get that. But it certainly shows some character um, and some resilience and, and some of that blood, sweat and tears brotherhood for the team to continue to come back and win games like that. And that Boise State game, uh, the safety dance was a comeback win, too. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think. We'll see, right? Because that that's that safety dance will go down 50, 60 years from now in, in Wyoming lore as one of the greatest Wyoming games, certainly in Laramie of all time. But this team feels like it has the potential to do something like that. That's for sure. All right, Rob. Well, thanks for joining me and, and going to the border war with me and, and chiming in. I know our tech string will enjoy this podcast. Uh, two members of the Laramie tech string on a podcast together. I should give a shout out to a, another one of our friends more who texted right when Clemens went in that he was a baller and that the passing game was going to get going because I was like, okay, whatever. You're just hating on Andrew Peasley, but more shout out. Maybe I'll have to have Mort on the podcast someday. Hey, he'd be good. Uh, he, and he was right. We, we called him after the game on the ride home and and he made sure to let us know he was right, but he was, uh, he's about one of the most excitable, fun guys to talk to. And uh, you ever want to get uh, excited about Wyoming football, call John Mortimer after a win. All right, Rob, have a great week. We'll see you this weekend. Thanks, Ryan.